Doctors and public health advocates have been saying for years that greater continuity of care brings much better outcomes for patients. If you can stay connected to your health practitioner, you can build a good relationship with them and there's a better chance that any issues will be picked up early. Under the new My Medicare system, you can choose to register with your local GP clinic. It's separate to your health records. It's just about what care you receive. Dr Nicole Higgins is the president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, the RACGP. Nicole, welcome to Life Matters. Good morning. And Dr Waleed Jamal is a GP and the owner of Hills Family General Practice in Western Sydney. He's also on the Strengthening Medicare Task Force. Waleed, welcome to Life Matters. Good morning, Hilary. Nicole Higgins, GP clinics have been able to register to take part in the My Medicare scheme for some time now. What's the take-up been like so far? Yes, so it's increasingly... more and more practices are coming on board as we're starting to recognise the benefits. So we've now got more than half enrolled and now patients can also enrol with their, their usual practice as well. So a bit more than half enrolled. Do you think that's a slow take up? Do you, do you expect it to see it rise? Uh, this will continue to rise over time. And, you know, this is something that's very new. And what this is about is allowing patients to register with their regular GP where they've already got a relationship so that, as you said, continuity of care. We know that people who have a relationship with their GP and practice live longer, they live healthier, and they're much more satisfied with the care that they deliver. And that's the same for the GPs too. Well, Ed, you were on the Strengthening Medicare Task Force. Tell us a bit more about the reasoning behind a scheme like this. What, what is it hoped that it will provide? Sure. You know, look, um, it, it, this, has been, this is not new, Hilary. This has been talked about. Uh, in policy circles for quite a long time. Um, What it is really is about laying the foundations. It's kind of like the first step that we need to do to really improve care and improve service to the Australian community in primary care and general practice. It's about laying the foundation for connection, laying the foundation for continuity of care, and actually just really building on the trust, the trust that the Australian community has with their GP and their practices. Once we lay that, once the, that foundation is laid, um, you can view the benefits and the reasoning from two or three different aspects. Most importantly, the aspect is from the the, the perspective of the patient. You know, once once a patient chooses and says to a GP in practice, "I choose you. I'm free to go anywhere under Medicare, but actually, I choose you." It raises the bar in that relationship, and hopefully. Um, raises the level of expectation and service that patients can expect from their doctors and their practices. And the, and likewise, from the perspective of the GP, once we understand um, the population, our patients who choose us, and with extra incentives that are earmarked to come from the Commonwealth Government to help us you know, deliver that better service for our patients, we can better target care, we can better target personalised care to our patients so that you know, we know their name, you know, we know who they are. We can understand what they need and that we can build on the service that we provide, which is what we get out of bed to do every day. Doesn't that continuity of care, though, depend more on whether there's an appointment available uh, with yes, your chosen GP or any GP? Because I feel like a lot of people, that's what they want already. They, they want that relationship with their GP, but it's circumstance that's, that's affecting it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely right. Um, 
And that's exactly what I hear from my patients. They want they want continuity care. You've got to think, though, continuity care has um, a number of aspects to it. You can have continuity care with the individual sole doctor, or you can have a continuity of care with the practice and the team. And the literature and the Australian evidence actually says that um, both of those are important because whether you have a continuity of care with the individual or team doesn't really matter. It's actually that flow of information that's really important to improve outcomes. So, uh, Dr Nicole Higgins, this is separate to my health record, isn't it? You, it's not linked to that. Are we hoping, though, that it might help increase the amount of information available to GPs? Because I'm struggling to see how it's different to my health record. Yeah, so I, I think a lot of people just assume that their GP knows all of their health information, that they receive all their tests, their letters from non-GP specialists and, you know, that we're the hub of all that information. But that's not the case. The system's really fragmented. And this is a way of then allowing all that information to come back to their, you know, their practice uh, so that we have that full information together that we're able to then make decisions. And... I one of the biggest risks that we have in our, our health system is fragmentation where we've got, we've seen it happen already where we've got all these services that are all popping up uh, but that means that it's much more costly to the taxpayer because there's a lot of duplications such as ordering more tests or medications etc. This is a way of making sure that especially for those with you know, complex disease but for everybody that there's one place where that information goes to. But uh, wouldn't it be better to put more effort into my health record, which is an existing system that's meant to aggregate everybody's health records and make them follow them to the GP that they can see on the day? Yeah, so my health record is being addressed separately. Uh, you know, there's there's work being done for information such as pathology tests and radiology tests, for example, to go up onto my health record. But we need to make sure that this is a relationship between a GP and, and the patient. And, you know, this is about, as Waleed said, that belonging and, and connection, but we need to make sure that that information follows and is with the patient in that practice because that's much safer, it's cheaper, and it helps us deliver better care. Your thoughts on this, very welcome. It's a voluntary system, My Medicare. You register with your GP or your clinic and say, as, as uh, Dr. Waleed Jamal said, I choose you. I want to build this relationship over time and hopefully get better continuity of care, which is an issue across the board in different parts of Australia. This text, I'm not understanding how registering is different to, in quotes, being on the books as I am now at the clinic I go to. I see one doctor there mainly. Uh, Dr. Nicole Higgins, tell us a bit more about the specific benefits for the patient and, and how it's different to just, you know, being a regular patient. And, and they're right. So a lot of people actually do have their regular practice that they go to and have that relationship already. This, this basically just formalises that, but it also opens up uh, some other benefits for both the patient and the practice. Uh, one of those that's going to happen straight away will be for longer telehealth. It's, that's really important, especially um, So for me. I live in regional Australia, so I've got a lot of patients who live a lot you know, out of town. So it's going to allow longer, um, those longer consultations to happen and to get a bigger rebate back from the government. It will also open up next year for those people um, who attend hospital a lot. We, one of the things we want to do is keep them out of hospital. So it'll allow um, more funding for that to flow through to practices, but also for those chronic complex diseases, for example, uh, the, your regular practice will be the... Um, 
one who can actually provide those services. Nicole, with the longer telehealth appointments, shouldn't they be available according to need rather than whether you're registered or not? So what you can still have a telehealth conversa- conversation with any with any GP, but it's the rebate that you get back from the government uh, that's going to change for those longer ones. At the moment, it's just been limited to short consultations. And we know for people who've got uh, maybe rural or have access issues, mental health is another that I find is a you know a longer a longer conversation. That money um, that people get back from seeing the GP will be much higher, that rebate. And that's the benefit of enrolling with that regular practice that you uh, that you have that relationship with. So is that guaranteed that the bulk billing rate will rise for you rather than just for the practice? So the bulk billing incentive is a different is another uh, incentive that's completely separate to enrolment, uh, and that is coming in on the first of November. What that is targeted at those people who are 16 and under, uh, our aged care pensioners and our um, people who are on uh, healthcare cards. And that is, I, I describe it as an extra you know, tool in the toolbox for GPs. So it allows those who are vulnerable to you know, have that option of being bulk billed by their, their regular practice or any GP for that matter. I was wondering too, Nicole, with your experience working in regional Australia in Queensland, isn't it basically the same as what happens there where there is only one practice and so you tend to see people at that practice, um, you know, possibly all your life because that's your only choice? Well, it depends where you live, but we know that for a lot of people they do have different practices that they see uh, and that can sometimes be around access, sometimes it's around convenience or for different needs. But what this then does is it also gives an uh, you know, accountability to the practice that, well, this is our patient, um, they're enrolled with us, we really need to make sure we provide those services and care for that patient who belongs yeah. uh, in our practice. Lots yeah. of texts coming in on this. This is always a really fascinating and uh, an important topic for our listeners here on Life Matters on RN. My name's Hilary Harper. Thank you for your contributions. They're coming in thick and fast. I'll read a couple of them out. Before we check in with how it works in practice at your practice, Wale Jamal, but people mm-hmm. are saying things like, I have less concern about continuity of care as a person with multiple chronic conditions as I do the quality of that care. It's the quality yeah. of GP care that I've struggled to find. Uh, Chris says, I've not been able to see the same GP for over 10 years. I don't know anyone in my age group, millennial, who has a GP, the, uh, has a GP. The constant line, talk to your GP, is pointless and irrelevant, he says for him. He or she, sorry. And how will this make it easier to get an appointment with the doctor of my choice, says LG in Canberra. So that's a theme emerging. Mm-hmm. Wally, <laughs> tell us how it works in practice for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, look, they're all very good questions and very important points, aren't they? Um, so, so um, just before, I'll quickly explain how it works. But before I do, um, the the what happens now, and not so much in rural towns, obviously, but certainly in metropolitan towns. And this is how the relationship can change. Patients can and should be able to see anyone they want at any time, and they do. They go to practice A, they go to practice B, and they go to practice C. Each one of those practices thinks that that patient is theirs. Whereas this changes the dynamic by them by the patient saying, "Look, I'll go to three practices, but I choose you to be my main provider, my main GP, my main practice." It raises that level of accountability, as Nicole said, and responsibility. So how it works actually is that patients, and this is completely voluntary, as we've said, 
is that through the Medicare system, through the Medicare app or with a form, if they people aren't IT savvy, they simply search for their practice that's registered for my Medicare. They um, choose that practice. They, um, they nominate a usual or preferred GP, and that's it. The process takes about 90 seconds. And what we see then as a practice is the list of patients. And as of this morning, we've got about a 1,000 in our practice that have chosen us so far, a list of patients who are regular patients who said, yep, we choose you. And then we can actually then look at them and, and build on the service that we provide. And that's exactly what we've decided to do. And every practice has to do what it thinks it's best for its patients. I just want to ask a couple of um, really quick technical questions. Mm, Uh, So if you want to see a different doctor, you've registered with one particular doctor at the clinic, but you decide you want to see a different one, that's possible, isn't it? Absolutely. And as I said, it's about continuity with the team. Um, Right now, I'm not at the practice and someone is actually seeing the patient. So absolutely. And you can also register, change your mind and register with a different practice too. At any time. Yeah. At any time. Now, the only the only proviso is that because this is about continuity, there has to be an established relationship, and and for worse or for better, that that filter is about two visits in in any two year period. So it could have been two visits last week, it could have been one visit last week, and one last year. You have to already have an established relationship with the practice, anyone in the practice, not just not that single doctor. And if the parent is registered, the children are eligible. If the children are registered, the parents are eligible. So it's designed to capture the family unit. So if you don't already have a relationship with a GP, you kind of have to go to the same one twice within a 12-month period before you can uh, register. Twice within a two-year period. Two-year period, sorry. Yeah. And yeah. if you uh, register with a GP clinic but then they don't have an appointment on the day, you can go to another clinic, can't you? Yes, of course, of yeah. course. But again, this is all designed to hopefully improve that level of access, improve that level of service. And that, I mean... I can't speak for the rest of my colleagues, but what we've done is say to our registered patients, if you're registered and we know you choose us, we will absolutely prioritise appointments for you. Okay, priority appointments. That's that's an interesting thing. I, I guess the the thrust of, of my questions is to illuminate for our listeners what the benefit to them is, because I, I can totally see the, the advantage to GPs if you've got more certainty of funding and greater funding, then that makes it easier to, to do more follow-up and to take yeah. extra time. Uh, but listeners so far are telling us on the text line, I'm not really clear why this is good for me. Yeah. But there are particular yeah. health problems that this might be really useful for might Waleed? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people so, so people with um, existing health issues usually do have a regular doctor and a regular practice. And to them, they may actually, what my patients say to me, well, that's what you're doing now. I don't see anything different. I say, okay, fine, sign up if you can. So, um, so they may sort of find that they're same level of service anyway and hopefully improve. But I argue actually that whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're well, or whether you have a living with illness, Finding a regular doctor and regular practice that you can trust and form a relationship with is really important for your long-term health. And we have the data on that. We have the data in Australia that says regular visits to a GP in practice um, compared to not keeps people out of hospital and reduces um, not only illness, but actually in some overseas studies, it reduces mortality. Well, then you've been involved or associated with a system similar to this trial in New South Wales called LUMOS, and that had some interesting yeah. results, didn't it? What, what kind of benefits did we see? 
Yeah, so with Lumos, I mean, there's hundreds of practices in New South Wales capturing more than half the population in New South Wales now involved. What it does is actually link our data, our data set, which is, of course, de-identified with all of the health system, hospitals, deaths, ambulance, cancer registries, etc., and the, and, the, and the insights are there for public to be seen. They're all public. This is all publicly available information. And and the, the insights are as follows. There are two types of Lumos practices in the study that involved over 1 million patients. Those that see their patients more, more than 12 times in two years or a third of their patients or more, more than 12 times in two years, in other words, on a regular basis, and those that don't. And those practices that do reduced hospitalizations and ED visits by 10 and 12% respectively, with a saving to the health system of $1.60 for every dollar spent in Medicare. So less hospitalizations, less mortality, less morbidity, and less um, ED visits. And then the other amazing insight, and we've kind of known this from all around the world, but now we have Australian proof, is that when a, GP, when a patient who has an unplanned admission to hospital for something unpredictable, um, has follow-up with their regular doctor within 48 or 72 hours of discharge. Their chance of being readmitted in the first week is reduced by 33%. So it, we, it kind of builds on the knowledge that we know that having a doctor, seeing them when you're unwell, seeing them when you're well, is a really good idea and it's good for your health. Mm, yep, that preventative health, we're seeing lots of evidence that that is important. Uh, yes. We're speaking today with Dr. Wally Jamal, who's a GP and owner of Hills Family General Practice in Western Sydney. He was on the Strengthening Medicare Task Force. And Dr. Nicole Higgins, who's president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners. Nicole, we should clarify, we don't lose anything by not registering for My Medicare, do we? It's, it's voluntary. We don't lose anything. It is completely voluntary for both the patient and the practice. And it's you know, easy enter and easy exit as well so that people are able to move practices if they choose. But once again, for, you know, I, I have my own practice up in North Queensland. What it does, what it says to me is, you know, this is a patient who's enrolled. They've actually said, you're my GP. Uh, and that means, well, okay, as Waleed said, we really need to make sure that we provide that care and make sure we look after that relationship and that whether that's appointments, that is follow-up after discharge, uh, is making sure that all those preventative health measures are all in place to, to look after patients. And we know that that keeps people healthier, it keeps them out of hospital, you know, which are really expensive. So if we can invest in this and put the time into general practice, it's going to stop that... Uh, you know, those increased costs down the line mm. with hospital admissions. And it's a very common practice overseas to have patient registration systems. I want to read this text to you, Nicole. I'm sorry, but I should not have to register with my GP to get the care I deserve, they say. All the things your guest, the doctor, mentioned as being benefits of the program are simply things that are expected. The GP will know my name. What? Multiple exclamation marks and question marks. That's a minimum and a given, says our texter, surely. Sounding like the start of a two-tier system to me. Nicole, what are the greatest barriers to to continuity of care? Is it is it mainly access rather than people failing to choose a particular doctor? It's around access and it's around cost. And the other thing that's you know we've now got is we also have choice. And there's lots of businesses that have now popped up to provide different parts 
uh, for people's health and online and we, we can see you know all the advertising on the buses etc um, you can just call up for a script different bits and pieces but what it doesn't do is provide that continuity of care you can have access but once you lose continuity we know then that people's health starts to suffer and it costs a lot more for the system and for the individual too. Look, it's fascinating drilling into this a bit with you today. It'll be really interesting to see what the take-up is among patients I've, as time goes on. Waleed, did you want to finish I've off? Got, yeah, I've got I've got some data for you, some latest numbers if you if you want to. Yes, please. Um, as of sun, as of Sunday night or Monday morning, three thousand two hundred practices, which is more than half the accredited practices in the country, have joined up in the system and have patients enrolled or registered. But we don't like to use the word enrolled, registered. And just under 68,000 as of um, yesterday morning had registered in the last two weeks. So 68,000 uh, Australians have registered yep. so far. Well, yep. we'll see We'll see what the next few we'll months see. bring. Bit by bit. Yep. Exactly. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. Dr. Waleed Jamal, Dr. Nicole Higgins, thank you both so much for your time today on Life Matters. Thank, Thank you. you very much for your time. Wally Jamal's a GP and owner of Hills Family General Practice in Western Sydney. He worked on the Strengthening Medicare Task Force, which uh, helped come up with this My Medicare system. Dr Nicole Higgins is president of the Royal Australian College of General Practitioners, the RACGP. We'll put up some more information about My Medicare and links to the Department of Health fact sheets on the Life Matters website too. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.